You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Thanks for joining in on the fun today. I want to talk some recruiting to start. I'll try to do episodes today, which is Tuesday, uh, and I'll have episodes up on Wednesday and Friday as well. Three days a week in the month of June is your Locked On Horn Frog schedule. Um, so a target that TCU has been after, and it seemed like there was a lot of momentum building in the last few weeks, Ruben Owens, four-star, some consider him a five-star, big-time running back, one of the top running backs in the nation, top-notch recruit from El Campo, Texas. He took an official visit to TCU. Uh, things apparently went really well. He took an official visit to Louisville this past weekend, and then on Monday, Ruben tweeted out that he was committing to play at Louisville for the Cardinals. So, for the moment, off the board at TCU. Now, as always, important to note with these commitments, it's still early in the 2023 class. He could change his mind. I think TCU is still going to be a factor in Owen's commitment until signing day, and maybe even beyond. Uh, I've seen people make the point that, you know, part of the um, game in college football now, too, is just laying the groundwork for if somebody potentially decides to transfer. However, for the moment, TCU has missed on him. And is it disappointing? Yes. Um, it's really intriguing to me that he didn't end up committing to an in-state school. Most people seem to think that Texas and Texas A&M were the teams to beat, and I'm sure those two schools will still have um, a big say in where Ruben ends up, or at least will have a chance to present their case. Now, Louisville is apparently um, really ahead of the game when it comes to name, image, and likeness, and they have money to spend, and they're willing to spend it. There's reportedly a huge deal from Adidas that Owens is going to get in connection with this Louisville commitment. Um, so, I mean, that's part of it. That's part of the world we live in. I would say it's exciting that TCU is able to get him on campus, that by all accounts he still at least has them in mind. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's a running back. It's a guy you miss out on. It's not the end of the world. And the reason I was like, super excited about Owens is I feel like when you have a new coaching staff come in, <clears throat> you need a guy, and I mean all all teams want this, all universities want this, but if you can get a guy that's sort of a headliner of your class and will be able to recruit other players, then that's a big deal. Meaning you get a, a big four or five star kid to sign on who's enthusiastic about going to school, you know, whether it's Louisville, TC, wherever, then they can start planting seeds with other players they interact with. Hey, let's go let's go here together. Let's make an impact at this university. And Louisville will have a chance now with Owens jumping on board uh, to get that momentum going. But <clears throat> I still think Coach Dykes and company are doing a good job on the recruiting trail. Um, and it's, it's encouraging that they're able to at least, you know, get him on campus, have him around, still be in his ear, still be a factor in this decision-making process. Even though ultimately, it seems like at least right now, he's going to end up elsewhere. And I guess, you know, a silver lining also being if he ends up at Louisville and he's in the ACC, if he has a great career, you're still going to have that kind of what if in your gut of, man, I wish he could have been here. However, I mean, he's not going to be terrorizing you for years like he would if he was at Texas or potentially Texas A&M right down the road. So, 
we'll see what happens. Just an update there. He is at the moment committed to Louisville. And so TCU will kind of have to regroup and reevaluate their board when it comes to running backs. There were a couple commits over the weekend, though, for the Frogs. Um, both safety prospects and both guys that I would consider players that TCU is in on kind of early in the process and is evaluated. Uh, Montana Warren, safety from Henderson, Texas. And Montana's bounced around a little bit in his high school career. But he's a three-star safety, 6'2", 180. Uh, he had offers from Incarnate Word, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, among others. But he was visiting campus this past weekend and ended up committing to the Frogs. Um, he plays junior season at Marshall, which is another big-time high school program in East Texas. Uh, he's a track star as well, so really fast. Was a District 9-5A first-team selection at defensive back as a junior. So long, rangy, rangy safety, um, big-time athleticism. Seems to make a lot of sense to try to get him on board. Another safety that committed to, tech, uh, to TCU, Jordan Lester from Mesquite. Um, and his offer list is pretty light at the moment. Air Force, Akron, Alcorn State, Arizona State. Um, 247 has him as a three-star. He's not currently getting a composite ranking. There are some other ranking systems that don't have him um, ranked at the moment. But, again, similar size, 6'2", 180, another good athlete, um, track guy, competes in the high jump, um, and is up there in the DFW area. So a couple safeties coming in. That seems to be like a position that TCU is targeting, which makes sense. I mean, there's been a lot of disappointment at that position lately, and I would say just a lot of injury concerns as well. So you need to load up. You need to bring some depth there. But CCU adding to their 2023 recruiting class, they now have um, 12 commits overall. They're ranked 16th in the country, according to 247 Sports, and uh, third in the Big 12. So they're still rising. They're still getting guys to commit. You miss out on Ruben Owens, but there's other players that they have hit on recently. So they will continue to um, you know, progress through the offseason. Of course, I think the biggest thing to keep the guys committed that you have now and then to also get more commitments as the season goes on, the biggest thing in my mind is you got to win. You have to show that this is going to work, this new coaching staff is not just talk, but they can deliver on the field. And so that's going to be a huge part of what they're doing. When we come back, we'll look at an opponent that TCU is going to play this upcoming season in a game that I think is big to circle on the calendar. We'll do that next. Um, this is Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, and it's every day. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs, segment number two here on the show. Uh, so I started this last week. I want to kind of go through the opponents on TCU's schedule for the upcoming season and just take a, a kind of a closer look at them. Sometimes it'll be more of a deep dive on the roster. Sometimes it'll just be like, hey, I think this game is big because of X, Y, Z. And today's segment will focus more on that category. Spoiler alert, though, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Tarleton State Texans. I apologize to any Texans fans who might be listening. I have family that went to Tarleton. But it's the FCS game this year. Tarleton's actually trying to get to Division One. They're um, going through a process right now uh, where they're playing a few years sort of under probation, and then they're going to be a Division One school. Um, they're making some renovations to their stadium. And I assume coming to Fort Worth and playing TCU on a bigger stage is, you know, part of that process. But, anyway, Tarleton's going to be coming to Fort Worth this year. 
Um, and, yeah, TCU should win that game big. I'm not going to spend a lot of time focusing on the Texans. However, the game after that, SMU. And, you know, the SMU roster, like, I'm not going to go on a big deep dive regarding that. Um, Rhett Lashley coming in. As head coach, comes over from Miami. He, of course, spent time as the OC under Sonny Dykes at SMU. So, still expected to be a high-flying team. Um, Tanner Mordecai coming back at that quarterback position. The transfer from Oklahoma, who had a lot of success last year. Uh, They're returning a number of players um, that can make an impact on offense. uh, And the system should be pretty similar. I mean, they're a team in a lot of ways that's similar to TCU in that they're bringing in somebody – you know, Lashley more familiar, honestly, than Dykes is with TCU, this roster at least. But they're bringing in someone who they expect to instill some continuity and continue some of the foundation that was brought there. I think this is a huge game for, for the Frogs. And I, I think I've said this before. It really feels like the last few years, and honestly, I, I just want to go back. So I know a lot of TCU fans, they hate that the Frogs still play this game. Because it is, I mean, I agree with people. It's a no-win situation for TCU from the perspective of if they win and they beat SMU, then it's, you know, well, they're expected to do that. If they lose, then there's going to be a lot of jokes thrown their way, um, as there has been the last few times these teams have met. But I will say I like this rivalry. Like, I still think it's fun, even though the schools have been on different trajectories, um, you know, since they split from the Southwest Conference. But in 2019, SMU beat TCU. And then in 2020, the game wasn't played. TCU had to postpone the initial meeting because of COVID. And then I honestly can't remember all the details. I know at one point it looked like they were going to play at the end of the season, but then they didn't. TCU ended up playing La Tech. And so uh, there was this narrative from SMU fans that, oh, TCU is trying to dodge the ponies. And then last season – I felt like that loss to SMU was sort of the beginning of the end because SMU talked so much noise coming into that game. And TCU had had to stew for almost two years on the fact that they lost the last meeting. I mean, it's been like, it's been a while to put it in perspective. Max Duggan has never beaten SMU. Like he hasn't been on campus when the frogs have beaten SMU. And that's crazy. So I think it's a big game just from a mentality standpoint to win and get back on top of that rivalry. It's going to be a pretty electric atmosphere. I mean, all 15 SMU fans are going to be really mad that Sunny Dykes left. And it's in Dallas, so I expect a hostile environment. But I I've solely, I really do, I, I believe this. Like I think the last couple seasons, the team has – has really just gone in the tank after that SMU loss. It did something to them mentally. Like, back in 2019, it made a little more sense. You were still switching quarterbacks. Delton and Duggan were splitting time. Um, You know, SMU got to a big lead, and then TCU couldn't recover. 2021, it made no sense. And I think in both instances, the thing that shocked me the most was that SMU, like, just physically dominated TCU. It wasn't even they beat them by doing a lot of gadgety things and just sort of, you know, finding ways to score. It was that, like, they lined up, especially last season, like, they lined up and just whipped TCU up front. And so that is a change. 
Like, that just has to change. And I, I, I firmly believe if this team can get off to a good start, if they can beat Colorado, you know, take care of business against Tarleton, and then beat SMU and start the season 3-0, and then they're going to be set up really well. It doesn't mean they're going to end up with 10 wins, but, like, just from a, a mental standpoint, a outlook on the season, a morale situation, like, they're going to be in so much better shape than they have been the last few seasons. Because I really think, like, those losses just took a huge toll on this team this program. Because that should be one of the teams that you have no issues with. And they couldn't get it done. They couldn't win. And not only – it wasn't only the fact that they couldn't win. It was that, I mean, SMU really took it to them and made them think about it, made them hear it. Um you know, the rest of the season. So, big-time situation, uh, SMU game. I think it's a big game. I think it's one you circle on the calendar. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be back on Wednesday, our Big 12 roundtable, and then Friday we'll have another show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon. Um, good afternoon, good night, whenever it is that you're listening.